Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 97 of the CZS Show. Back, new week means there's a brand new episode coming to you guys shortly. But before we get into anything, obviously, I want you guys to show some love, show some support, spread that love, spread that support, and make sure to subscribe on all forms of social media at Sir Caesars, The Caesars Show, and Trade XXIV. Now, before we get into this week's topic with our co-host, Trade XXIV, I want to go back and rehash on the previous episode, if you missed that, which was episode 96, where me and my co-host, Trey Day XXIV, discussed NBA free agency, the transaction report, because it's been a crazy, 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 crazy free agent frenzy. So um, I was definitely excited, along with Trey Day XXIV, to discuss all the major deals that have been done. And obviously, there's a big, big one that we're going to talk about shortly. Um, so without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for my boy, for my co-host, Trey Day XXIV. What to do? What's up, everybody? You already know it's Trey Day all day, already here in the spot to be, you know, surrounded by family, surrounded by friends, surrounded by some love on this episode, man. Uh, ready to get into what uh, episode 97 holds for us, man. What's good, Caesar? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good, man. We're about to reach another milestone. We're slowly getting to episode 100. So this is crazy. Knows, maybe we'll get to it, you know, by New Year's or before New Year's, but we're on track too. Um, I hope you've That's been crazy. doing well because I've been doing well. And uh, like I said, off air, you know, I'm going to be back on the East Coast from I think the 18th to oh, about yeah. the 30th. So I'm pretty excited for that. You know, hopefully we can link up, you know, yeah. to make it a top priority that we, we link up and catch up. So um, I'm excited for that as well, too. That's a must. For what sure, we talking about? Sure. What we starting off with? We, we, we talking about a lot of things. So what I was telling uh, the audience was, you know, last episode was primarily focused on the transaction report. So a lot of free agency slash trade movements that have been taking place as well, too. And obviously, you know, the preseason is about to start. And the season is about to start December 22nd. Um, so we thought that that was it. But obviously, Adrian Woj um, kind of hit <laughs> us with that final spear bomb. I'm just like, oh, Boom. my God, what the heck? Um, so for those of you guys who don't know, I'm pretty sure everyone knows now. But Russell Westbrook got traded for John Wall in the future first round pick. Um, yep. And it's a little crazy because of what I was telling you a little off air as well, too, is like, damn, um, you know, obviously with the organization from the top down, they came, they kind of came out and said, hey, we're not going to trade John Wall. Our interest is to build around John Wall and see if, you know, him and Bradley Beal can coexist. This trade rumor is all fake news. You got John Wall in the media. You know, they're asking him questions about everything that's going on. He's saying no comment, no comment, ducking. Obviously, Russell Westbrook has made it well known and kind of brought it into into our face that he kind of wants to rock um because he doesn't want to play with James Harden as much as as much as he has a lot of love for him as well too so it's just kind of crazy seeing how things have turned because looking back at it I was like damn well they're probably just gonna have to take this L play together because you're looking at some teams and I'm sure Russell Westbrook wants to be that point guard and have the ball in his hands at the same time but he kind of probably wants to go somewhere that's competitive um so he listed some places that he wanted to go to and uh you know, I kind of broke it down. I was like, who's going to take out, take on that $40 million contract? What are you going to get in return? So I thought about the Knicks. I mean, obviously the Wizards was a match. Um, and obviously uh, Detroit Pistons were the viable options that I thought. Um, and then here we go. A couple of weeks later, both GMs said they haven't really spoken with each other in a while. And then one day out of nowhere, they want to speak with each other and the trade happened. But that kind of made the most sense because they're essentially the same player in a way. Um, and their contracts match up neck and neck. So it made the most sense. But, and the whole the whole thing I'm thinking about is, like, where is loyalty at? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because they say one thing and then they mean another. So, like, was as far as players go, I feel like they shouldn't even be shocked anymore um, as well, too. But what are your thoughts on loyalty um, and, you know, the trade and whatnot? I think from a loyalty standpoint, we've seen it kind of just trickled down like the ladder. Um, so at first it was like, um, you know, it was the franchise loyal to the player. And after that, the players kind of came in power, requesting trades, different things like that. But now we're seeing more of a coworker to coworker kind of thing. You know, it's not boss organization. It's not company you work with. It's uh, when we used to have like the politically correct, yeah, he was a good teammate or maybe, you know, it wasn't for me. Now we're kind of seeing the media, you know, 
with the ever-present media in a way. Um, yo, this person doesn't like this person. This person says he wants out. You know, you mentioned, you blurbed that's just one person and then boom, the whole world has it. And then your organization is in a totally different space. So I think right now, as far as loyalty, it's it's a very, very thin line. It's a very, very thin line uh, between, you know, blood and water, water, oil, stuff like that. Um, and you're really just trying to do what's best for you for as far as the entity, whether it be you as a businessman, uh, being a player, you as an agency, or you as a, you know, coaching staff, so on and so forth. So loyalty is not, is, is, is not at the forefront of today's league, you know? Yeah. No, I have to agree with you on that as well, too. I guess the biggest thing is, like, I just – owners need to be held accountable just to be a little bit more transparent with players, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to ship them out, you know, that's the least you can do. And then, obviously, from the player's perspective, with COVID going on and everything and whatnot, they kind of want some form of normalcy and routine um, and to, you know, basically pack up everything you're doing and, you know, find a spot. And like I said, the fact that training camp has already been going on, you're kind of a little bit behind. It kind of sucks. But mm-hmm. things like this happen all the time. So um, it is what it is as well, too. So my next question or subtopic for you as well is, who do you think won the trade? Because you're looking at both aspects of it as well, too. We haven't seen John Wall play since – I think the day after Christmas of 2018, um, obviously Russell Westbrook has came off of one of his most efficient seasons as well, too. But when I think about it, you know, to be real with you, I think the Washington Wizards won this trade for one. Like I just said, Russell Westbrook hasn't, I mean, John Wall hasn't played in such a long time. So mm-hmm. you're kind of the mindset we, he's been on Achilles injury. We don't really know what to expect out of him, but we know what we get out of Russell Westbrook. So you obviously already marginally make the Washington Wizards better now. Um, but what are your thoughts? Who do you think won the trade? If everything is set in stone. So when I say that, there's no teams are what the teams are. Yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, I'll agree with you. I think Washington won the trade. Uh, overall, I think is a new look. It's the first time in maybe a decade getting a superstar that they didn't draft for. Um, you know, it's somebody they they can get acquire and trade, acquire you know, in a kind of quote unquote free agency before trade deadline. Um, so this is the first like big move in a way. It seems kind of seems like an exchange, you know, equal for equal in a way. They did mm-hmm. trade John in a first round pick, but I would have to say Washington wins. Um, Russell is a super efficient. He's the guy that can will a team to the playoffs by himself, but he also have an emerging Bradley Bill that, you know, for all intents and purposes, um, I don't think he has to have the ball in his hand to be super efficient, but they're in a, in a league where there are the, the, the duos, there are the systems they have to work for. So I think yeah, as long as they implement them the right way, they can be very successful with both of those guys on their team as well as, well as the young talent. Um, and, and that's going as far as saying, or, you know, that doesn't dismiss the fact that overall, I think the Houston Rockets would be a better team in some aspects. You know, I think in a lot of ways, John Wall is a little bit better of a passer. Um, he can get his stuff going, but, you know, some of those highlights you saw coming down the stretch with the Washington team, him dishing it to the big man, him getting the ball out and stuff like that. I think if John Wall is at his healthiest and at his most efficient, uh, the Houston Rockets are going to be better than we expected them to be. Um, but as far as the overall winner of the trade, I'd have to go with Washington for right now. For right now, right? And yep, and, yep. and to kind of stick on John Wall, like I said, he hasn't – he only played 32 games um, – in the 2018-19 season, but he played pretty. He played pretty solid. Uh, he averaged what 21 points, eight assists, 1.5 steals, and a little under four rebounds as well too. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, his three-point percentage wasn't the best, um, and then obviously, you know, his field goal percentage kind of dipped down a little bit as well too. But like I said, and even when he was on the All Smoke podcast, he kind of was playing through a lot of injuries as well too. Yeah. But um, do you think he's fully recovered from that Achilles injury. I mean, it's kind of tough to, to know. pinpoint exactly how he's going to be because he's his game is built off his athleticism. Um, and I'm a little nervous as well, too, because he's more so of a pure point guard to me as opposed to Russell Westbrook. So okay. I think he's that type of player who can play off ball, but I think he's most effective with the ball in his hand. So I don't really know what to expect 
as far as him and um, James Harden coexisting as well, too. But what are your expectations for John Wall this upcoming season? Do you think we can get back to um, his all-star caliber level? I think it's going to take a little bit more time than that. I think he's going to be efficient, but I don't know if he's going to be super awesome. We've seen some clips, though. We've seen some clips. You know, that's pickup basketball. It's not – I mean, the telltale sign will be, of course, the playoffs. You know, that's when the real – you know, the real players are made. Um, John Wall already has that fiber about him. Uh, I think his body is going to have to get used to, you know, the grueling NBA season first, you know. But, you know, being a point guard, you can – maybe sacrifice some of those little things for smarts, for position, and for efficiency. So we might not have to rely on athleticism just yet, but I think the whole body of work, we won't really see until coming down a stretch or like in the midst of the NBA season. We won't really see the real, real John Wall, but we will see a very good portion of him. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and I mean, honestly, I mean, on paper, the, the Houston Rockets look like a still a pretty damn good team, especially mm-hmm. if DeMarcus Cousins can get back to what he was. Mm-hmm. And with the new coach, you know, talking about the new system that they're, they're trying to implement, I think they can still be a, a playoff team. But obviously, there's, there's a difference between, you know, everything being on paper and obviously people meshing together with different personalities and, and wanting to buy into the system and whatnot as well, too. But um, I think if they set their differences aside, um, they'll be good as well, too. But like I said, the big what if is what's the update with James Harden? I mean, as an organization, you don't have to trade him. But yeah. do we, will we start to see him? Will we start to see him showing that he, he truly doesn't want to be there? Is he still yeah. going to be that vocal leader? Is he maybe is he going to you know threaten to sit out games if he doesn't get traded? Like, we don't know what's going to happen. But I think, I think this is the beginning of the end for him. Look good. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is the beginning of the end for him. Uh, and, and not saying that because it's not going to be successful, but I, I think it, it will reveal certain things that we, you know, maybe we're thinking from the first time or maybe, you know, can a team win certain ways and stuff like that because they're going to have to adopt a different style of basketball, you know. And, and if he does want to go somewhere, this will be the time. This will be the junction. You know, you have John Wall there. You have an opportunity to start building in a different direction uh, within a year, year and a half of this you know, point right here. So if if it is the end, this is the beginning of the end for, for James Harden in Houston. Yeah, I have to agree with you as well, too. Um, so obviously we talked about the expectations for John Wall. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, like, what are, what are the expectations looking for Russell Westbrook? I think we go back to the, the triple-double Russell Westbrook, um, and I think mm-hmm. he played with more than enough superstars to know how to empower them as well, too. We saw the second season he had with um, – with uh what's his name paul george mm-hmm. finished top three mvp race we saw james harden's year he had this year monster year and obviously we saw what he did with kevin durant as well too so i think um we have to raise the stigma on if he can play with another player and i think he can yeah. and obviously he's coming back with scott brooks who Heck yeah. gave him he gave him the reins to mess up gave him the reins to be great um so that's going to be pretty good and, and i think washington as much as they're going to miss john wall you know, you get another person who literally breathes, sweats, dies for basketball as well, too. And I think he he adds an he adds another voice to the life for him because I think he's a great leader as well, too. And, and he's truly about um, making an impact, not even on the floor, but off the floor as well, too. But um, obviously, you talked about a little bit earlier. Um, I think him and him and Bradley Beal can coexist. Um, and I mean, is it? Can you say right now they're they're the best backcourt in the East as well? Uh, because when you look at it, what, what what do we really have as a backcourt in the East? We don't really have uh, that much. I could I could I could give you that from like a traditional guard guard kind of thing, you know, and not you know I'm being very specific to where it's like you know some of the backcourts might involve people that could be considered small forwards or you know stuff like that. Um, so. They're up there. I'm not saying they're going to be the best, but they're up there. They're up there. I think traditionally, you could say they, they could be the best. Yeah, for sure. Well, but what are your expectations for you know the Brody coming to coming to DC? I'm a little upset that I kind of moved already to the West Coast. Uh, my brother stays in DC, so I would have definitely went to a couple game. Of Wizards game as well too. But what are your expectations for the Brody? I think. Um, hmm. I think he, I think he will be very much uh, a, a, a part 
of the Russell Westbrook of old. You know what I'm saying? Like he he's in a, he's a machine. He's an efficient scoring, rebounding, compacted stat sheet out machine, and can also get you over the hump in some ways. So for a, for a Wizards team that's been you know at that cusp or a little bit out of the playoffs by maybe one or two spots each year. This this is the person that should be able to do it, you know, for all intents and purposes. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that as well, too. Um, and then I guess my my last question in this topic as well, too, is who do you think is more likely to make the playoffs? The Wizards or the Houston Rockets and why? Houston Rockets, um, because they're already a playoff caliber team. Uh not playoff. I don't say already because there's there's a new makeup, but they've been a team that have already and the organizations that have has already been into the playoffs. I think the players on their roster have already you know been into the playoffs multiple times throughout the years, so it's already kind of a groundwork for that. I mean, I think it's harder to get a seat at the table than you know being somebody that's coming from outside the house trying to get the seat at the table. So that's what I'm seeing with that. I just think Houston's going to be a little bit more more of a better bet to get to the playoffs first. But Washington has a good chance, you know, to battle around. But also those bottom spots at the East, we're seeing some shakeup too. We don't really know what's going to go happen from five below in the East. Yeah. Um, that's a tough one. I'm still trying to figure that out right now as you gave your take on it as well too. Um, both players in Jamestown and Russell Westbrook, since they've kind of had that reigns as being the number one guy on their team, they haven't missed the playoffs before. Um mm-hmm. So that's kind of a toss-up. But like I said, on paper, it definitely looks like the Rockets for sure. Um, but the fact that the East has gotten stronger but still is considered a little bit weaker, I'm going to have to go with the Washington Wizards as well too. Um, that's that's all they're missing. They got some new pieces. Their players have gotten um, – I'm assuming they've developed as well too. So I'm going to have to go with the Washington Wizards as well too. Now it's going to be a dogfight for that final seed because right now you got – you got the Bucks, you got the Raptors, you got the Sixers, you got the Celtics, you got the Nets coming back, you got the Pacers who are on in something as well too. Um, and check it out and though. You have, and you have Miami Heat, so you have one seed left. Who's gonna get that? Is it gonna be the Wizards, the Magic, the Hawks? Who gets that last seed? But uh, I think th- I think they'll I think they'll squeeze their way in to get the eighth or seventh seed. And you have the addition of the quote unquote playing, so that could also prove a factor. You know, so yeah. we could we could see, you know, veterans or non-veterans and the supporting cast be be put into a makeshift playoff, you know, for all, you know, for all purposes and all intentions. Uh, that's a playoff scenario. When you go into the playoff playing games, that's uh, what is that? That's um, like like NCAA tournament. That sounds like, yo, they need to, you know, fight to hopefully get a spot in the field of 62. That's do or die. So we'll see what happens with that, too. I think yeah, I almost I almost forgot about that. So you you mm-hmm. definitely have a valid point right there for sure. Damn. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want I want to see Brody. I, I gotta see Brody back in the playoffs. Um, yeah, we'll, but we'll see. And then he's wearing number four now. Um, I was watching an NBA uh, media availability interview, and apparently he never really wanted to wear number zero. He always wanted to wear number four, but every time. So when he got to OKC, he. No, so I think when he got to UCLA, Darren Collison mm-hmm. had, I think, number zero or something like that. I may be mm-hmm. a little misinformed. And then when he got to OKC, Nick Collison had that. And then, obviously, when he got to the Rockets, someone had that as well to number four. So it's it's, it's kind of good, dope, kind of how, like, when KD changed number seven, he's changing number four now as well, too. So mm-hmm. um, I think we're going to get a revitalized Russell Westbrook, and I'm so excited to see what happens. So I'm definitely going to um, be keen in and watching a lot of games as well, too. So uh, we'll see how that goes as well. Moving on to my next topic. Kyrie Irving, man, Kyrie. I feel like we probably cover him the most, right? <laughs> yeah, he's our favorite guy. He's our favorite guy, Kyrie. You want to be the, you want to be the what? You want to be the star player? <laughs> Kyrie Irving always finds a way to make it to the media. Um, but this one's pretty interesting, and I'm and I'm interested to hear your take as well too. So before we get into it, um, it's been kind of announced or we're speculating that. Kyrie Irving is going to have a media blackout for the entirety of the 2020-21 season. Um, and he came up with a statement as well, too, when he said, instead of speaking to the media today, I'm issuing this statement to ensure that my message is properly conveyed. 
The statement said, in part, I'm committed to show up to work every day, ready to have fun, compete, perform, and win championships alongside my teammates and colleagues in the Nets organization. COVID-19 has impacted us in many ways, so I pray for the safety. I'm truly excited for the season to start, and I also am praying that everyone remains safe and healthy throughout this journey. My goal this season is to let my work on and off the court speak for itself. Life hit differently this year, and it requires us and it requires us, it requires me to move differently. So this is the beginning of that change. Um, so it's pretty interesting as well, too, because for selfish reasons, like I said, I, this whole week, I'm trying to dissect people's brains and see mm -hmm. the growth that they've learned from and what they want to bring to the table as well, too. And with Kyrie, it's not even about the growth for him from a basketball perspective. I just truly love listening to what he has to say um as well too because i feel like i feel like his wavelength his his, his wavelength is just on another level compared to these other players as well too um yeah. in my eyes he's truly a, truly a genius as well too <laughs> um and obviously the cons with that as well oh i guess the pros is with Kyrie. you know the media for some reason always likes to poke fun at him or or just or always like to single him out as the weird guy or the crazy guy or the or the misunderstood guy or something like that so it's kind of good that words are not going to essentially be misconstrued or misinterpreted and they won't get yeah. sound bouts off of them as well, too. So I think um, with social media and the environment and the added pressure that it takes, add, that added pressure that it adds to the individual and then the toll it takes on the individual as well, too. I think it's best for him to kind of lay low and just play basketball. Um, but what are your thoughts on all that as well, too? I think, um, you know, the deeper the water is also the more misunderstood that, you know, the terrain and the waters are. So, you know, we, we can't speak to everything, but we do know that, like you just said, Kyrie does operate on a different, little bit different of a wavelength. We didn't really know it at first, but as the time went on, you kind of look at him, kind of listen to what he says. He does take a, 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 a different look at stuff. And this is not, you know, the flat earth jokes or whatever like that, but he his point of view is a little bit different. The way he says stuff is a little bit different. The way he's been approached, the way he's been portrayed in the media, it's 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 been to a certain extent where um, you know, the answers that he might want to give, he might not be able to give because that it'll be a story that comes up and he's like, what are you talking about? And then, yeah. you know, the the Boston fans are looking at you a certain way, or, you know, and then is or the Cleveland fans are looking at you a certain way and now he's with a new team. The Brooklyn fans might look at you a certain way. So I think it, it kind of wipes the slate in a way. You know, look we're not talking to the media, but we're gonna say in the name of, you know, COVID, we're gonna say in the name of growing, we're gonna say in the name of just kind of getting back to what we love. I'm gonna put on for you guys, I'm gonna entertain, I'm gonna do what I need to do for my family. You guys are gonna watch me play, but it's not gonna be that same dialogue. And also it gives him much opportunity to when he does talk how he talks, whether it be live or whatever like that, it, it's from him to everybody else. He's going to say what needs to be said, whether it's good, bad, or the third, at least there's not going to be a channel for it to be quote-unquote twisted, right? So the, we always talk about the lines between the media because in a way we are media, you know? So we're, we're in the media and the player, the talking points and stuff like that. But Kyrie, in a way, is taking it back into his own hands. He's um, starting understanding from brick one so you know the foundation of understanding from from brick one from ground one from base one from home plate and it's really it's really dope it's dope and yeah, we'll sure. see what happens with it yeah and then, and then i guess the biggest thing where i'm trying to get towards is like one um is it written in their contract that they're obligated to have interactions with the media is that something where you know, Adam Silver is going to get in communication with him and he may start to dock out paychecks. I mean, dock out, dock out money for like pay fines um, and money comes out of his paycheck. Um, or is it like a voluntary thing as well, too? Because it's kind of a win win. You know, you get some extra publicity and obviously we get a story out of you as well, too. So I can see where that happens. And will this be a domino effect? Will players start to feel more empowered and say, hey, I don't have to interact with you as well, too? Or maybe they, when they have a new, you know, collective bargaining agreement, it's probably a, a standard in your contract that you're obligated to do that as well. So do you think there's going to be a domino effect with other star-based players who do not want to interact with the media moving forward? I don't think the biggest kind of uh, example we've seen of this in any, any sports league was probably uh, 
Marshawn Lynch, you know, um, it's like, you know, in, in a way, you know, he took, he took his, his way about it. He was a G about it, but um, I think this doesn't hurt the media, uh, the, the league's money, but when it starts to hurt in people's pockets, then it will be, be a problem, you know, but it will, you know, people will start knocking on the door if Brooklyn is successful or if they're unsuccessful, you know, if there's like a storm run, that's when they will start knocking on the door. Now I can understand when if there is like trouble and they don't want to speak, that might be a little bit different. But when they are at the height of it and then they're like, yo, can we get a statement from it? You know, this is something that the league can market and they want sound bites from Kyrie that they can, you know, put out and put in their content and make money off of it, you know, and hopefully make the league more money. Uh, that's when it might become a problem, you know. Uh, but I don't foresee Adam Silver getting in the way of this, him being super progressive unless there is a mass uh, – mass example or like just a, a huge change and a lot of players want to do this because I think yeah. the vast majority of people are, are okay with talking even with the COVID guidelines for the people you know only being with the headphones on and being six feet apart or having masks on with the reporters I think we're still running pretty well with it but if you have like a whole team of players or coaches or five or more superstars because I was listening to I was listening to LeBron. He was talking to uh, RJ and Shannon Fry, and then the co-host. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm blanking on her, so forgive me for that. But um, you know, they were talking about the bubble and like, yo, when when Pat Beverly was like, yo, we're only gonna play if LeBron plays. And then um, RJ had a point. It was like, yo, for real, like you only need five people to market. You know, you know, some of these guys don't have to play. You only need five people to market. Um, so it's going to, it's going to come down to that. You need the people that you can, you are marketing to talk, you know, you need the LeBrons to talk. You need people that are making you money to talk, talk, you know, headlines, if it bleeds, it reads, you know? Um, but if it's Kyrie Irving and he's putting on making money from a viewership standpoint, you know, they might get a little ping and say, Hey, can we adjust this? Can we compromise? But I don't perceive them shutting it all down. And I think that's the testament to when Kyrie's, progressiveness and his way of going about it and going ahead and issuing the statement, but also Adam Silva and the league that he's trying to sustain, build, and make that will, you know, continue on for years and years to come. Mm. I like that. I like that as well, too. So moving our focus, uh, <laughs> Pandemic P, Paul George, Playoff P, whatever you want to call him. Obviously, Chatty Patty. Chatty P. Hey, let me type that real quick. <laughs> Chatty Patty. Hey, yo. Because <laughs> it seems like every time we talk about him, it's about him talking. Uh, I got uh, Chatty, Chatty Patty. I like that. Uh, Chatty, Chatty P, something like that. But Chatty Patty's very, very. He's going to pull up on me and kick my ass. Yeah, he's definitely going to kick your ass when you come over here and visit me in LA. Um, but yeah, Paul George is on All the Smoke um, podcast. And it's crazy because, like, I'm thinking the, the new episode is going to drop this week. So, with all the smoke, I'm a pretty loyal fan. And, and it kind of really depends on who's getting interviewed as well, too. But Facts. I obviously always want to see what Paul George wants to say as well, too. So, um, I guess from their perspective, they kind of wanted to jump on that topic as well, too, or jump on that story before anyone else. So, they kind of had a mini little promo on, Doc, on, on uh, Paul George, um, how the Clippers basically folded from a 3-1 deficit and um, how he felt like he was not being utilized correctly. So a couple of excerpts from here. Um, he said that Doc was trying to play – this is a quote from him. Doc was trying to play me as Ray Allen or J.J. Redick, all pin downs, George said. I can do it, but that ain't my game. I need some flow. I need some mixes of some pick and roll and some post-ups. That last season was hard. So – Obviously, he's pinning the blame on Doc Rivers. And at first, we're like, damn, like, based on this little six, seven-minute video, it seems like you're pinning all the blame on everyone but yourself. Found out when he had an NBA media day availability, he kind of held himself accountable as well, too, and cleared the air and said, yo, with Doc Rivers, um, he's a great coach. We have no beef, X, Y, and Z. Um, but I just want to play it out. I, I wanted to kind of clear that up as well, too. But it's, it's a little... It's a little weird because the analytics guys kind of pulled out some stats and they said this year alone, 
He finished 33% of his total plays using pick and roll, which was career high. And the most he had was obviously the year before his MVP candidate race with OKC, where it was 25%. So my whole thing was like, you have more pick and roll. So what are you talking about? Are, are you talking about the, the entirety of the season or for that particular series where you not, you didn't get your pick and roll in your sets? Well too. So I wish he, you know, kind of clear transparency, more clarification itself, but it's kind of interesting to it's kind of interesting to see how you know that unfolded as well too. But I mean, what are your thoughts on him? Um, do you think he had a right to kind of criticize Doc as well too? I mean, who's to blame um, as well? Because you know, just listening to NBA media day availability and whatnot as well too, it was just a lot of things that I think that kind of went to the demise of you know them blowing that three one lead as well too. You know, not being able to start training camp. Yeah. George and Kawhi coming off of, uh, you know, surgeries as well, too. Them not as a healthy unit. Them only playing before the bubble, what, 10, 11 games together? Um, not that much. And obviously there was a pause with the bubble. Um, people were in and out of the bubble as well, too. And, uh, you know, it just seems like a lot of things kind of, you know, led to all that as well, too. But what are your thoughts on Paul George's comments and whatnot as well, too? Because, like you said, Shaddy Patty always be in the news and then he should just, you know, just I, lay low. I don't – I didn't hear the exact question, okay? So – and I'm, I'm throwing him a bone right now. And then I'll get into, you know, sparking him up a little bit. But I didn't hear the exact question. But from what it sounded like, if I could say anything, it's like he was more describing possibly his discomfort via the system and why he didn't play well. Um, it was very, very, you know, we, we heard the soundbite of it and then it was like, yo, this dude is on it again. He's doing it again. But maybe it's like, yo, I didn't feel super comfortable. I did, I couldn't get into a groove because I feel like dog didn't really, you know, we didn't, he didn't give me any play calls. That's what it sounded like. It's like, yo, Blow, blow the whistle, call my play, because it seems like I'm just out here running in space. Um, uh, who's to blame? PG's kind of, uh, uh, how much pressure is on PG's office? Um, and, and going from there, you know, if we look at it from back in the bubble, yes, we know PG was saying his things were difficult for him. But at the same time, that team playing that Nuggets team unraveled. Like, they didn't look like the Celtics. They didn't look like a team that could come back and win a game, uh, you know, just because they're a dominant and the top two team in the league, you know, regardless of the conference. It, it totally seemed like that the Nuggets had their number and they were just searching for an answer. So when it came down to that, it's like, PG, was was you were, – were, were play calls for you really going to get it done? Because it looked like the whole team was kind of disoriented, disenjarred. Dis, dis and, and all that come down to it. <laughs> I saw a clip of, of that same comment, but then it was like PG shooting that trade ball from the corner and he like hitting the top of the backboard and it was like, bruh. <laughs> and it's like, you know, then we just look at you playing. It's like, all right, you are a superstar. Yes, there's play calls, but after a while, bro, you can go run, get the fucking ball and say, clear out the way, yo, Trez, come set the screen or yo, uh, who was it? Not not Nurkic, but uh, Zoo Zurak, right? Was on the team. Come come set the screen for me real quick. Everybody go low. Kawhi, I'm gonna dish you the ball. We're running two man game, stuff like that. There's stuff outside of your coach calling the plays that you can make something happen. At least touch the paint stuff. So, and, and basketball players have to play. Coaches are honestly at this point in day and time. If you have a good program. You know, their suggestions, you put them in, in the place, the system works. But for that, that was just like, bro, get it together. You know, do what you got to do. And it would seem like, you know, you standing in the corner as the top two person on the team, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And then you coming on national television and saying, yo, you know, he didn't run a play call for me. Well, bro, show, show us why he should run a play call for you. Go get the ball. Go do what you got to do. And we, Because we've seen Paul Jordan be effective like that. But him, again, being chatty just coming out and talking about this and kind of even presenting himself where it seems like he's not the most accountable, even if it's just one interview where he's saying, yo, I felt like this and this one, and then coming on to the next one saying, yo, I got to hold myself accountable on this one. That's not a good look. You know, I'm not, I'm not fall aside. It's just not a great look because you haven't showed us or you haven't 
accomplished or gotten over the hump in what you wanted to accomplish for us to say like, oh, you know, that wasn't your fault. No, bro, you are just as in the mix as uh, Doc Rivers and your teammates as anybody. You guys, and I think I saw a quote from Jamal Murray. He's like, yo, they're talking about it like we didn't beat them. You know, it's like they lost to us. No, we beat them. <laughs> the, the Nuggets went and we beat them. You know, I went crazy. <laughs> Nurkic went crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, MP went crazy, you know? That is what it is. And I think you got to give the Nuggets the credit. You got Paul George. Um, you got to keep working and hopefully find find us back uh, where we think you are, where we are putting you on a pedestal too, because there have already been rumors where it's like, yo, we just romanticized PG. It's what it it's what we thought we were younger, you know, we were younger, we was in love, whatever like that. <laughs> you know, we was googly eyes and you, you, you get older, you come back to the same person. You're like, yo, this is really what she was on. Like, how, how did I, how did I fall for that? You know, and not being super dramatic because Paul George is a good player, but it's like, what is real? What is fake? What is not with this? And how good is he actually? Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a tough one as well too. So um, we'll see what happens with that because like, this is the year I think where this is the most pressure on him as well too. And then also mm-hmm. if you look at his numbers from his first go around with OKC and then when he actually had an entire, you know, new season to kind of, you know, put him in position to be more successful, he did, he finished top three in MVP in the MVP race as well too. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you expect a better season from, from Paul George's year as well too? And how much pressure do you think is on him this year? Um, because at the end of the day, you know, everyone has their dynamic duo player, but he seems like out of all the dynamic duos who at least in the playoffs, <laughs> yeah. he was the one who was the weakest link. But uh, yeah, feel about all that. It's been very crazy, right? Because we've seen him probably come off and have one of the a really good year with Russell, but then Dame hit the dagger in his face, right? And then we see him come to. Clippers and it's all good or no or even before that we see him in Indiana but then he like breaks his leg was that Olympics correct or was it in the NBA it was Olympics when he broke his leg exhibition game yeah yeah he broke his legs Olympics exhibition game then he's at the Clippers and thank God no injury but it's like yo what in the world so he's kind of on the on the bad end of the stick like you were saying it's like yo we looking around and it's like you're a common denominator I think every time he does come out and he's working very well it's like yo this dude this is the this is who we thought he was um but we don't know you know we we doesn't always translate into that latter part of the season that's what we want the most from him we see him look amazing like a great player hit the game winning shots coming down the stretch of the season but it's like the playoffs are a different beast you know listening to kelly uber talk about it's like yo it's like the playoffs are men are made, you know, the playoffs are everybody talks about how the playoffs are a different season altogether and we want the playoff P that we think him to be, to be the, not playoff P, but we want Paul George to be who we think he is in the regular season, in the playoffs as well. That's all we want. Um, so the pressure's on. I think anytime we see him, like, in a kind of a, a different fit, he works very well coming out the gate. So I'm hoping that they take the necessary adjustments. I Hopefully that them maybe having a different kind of team outlook a little bit. Uh along with different leadership, will excel the two guys to get the most out of the two guys. Um, and maybe this is a conversation next episode or whatever, but maybe this is a conversation also on the quote-unquote load management because there were also headlines that were saying, yo, they can play whenever they wanted to. And when it comes to a series where you got to play the next day, the next day, the next day in a bubble every other day, you know, this is a, it's a, maybe it's a deeper topic. But like skipping class, bro. It's like skipping, it's like skipping class. class. You ain't got that assignment, bro. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what, what we talked about the day before. You don't know, you know, it's like when Chris, uh, everybody was like, he's Chris skipped class and Earth when a fire came to the school. You're like, we're looking for the one black boy. We're looking for Chris. Chris wasn't here today. <laughs> so <laughs> we're looking for P. P wasn't here today. We're looking for Kawhi. Kawhi wasn't here today. Earth went a fire at the school. So we got to see what's going on. I think all the pressure's on P. Yeah, definitely for sure as well, too. And, and it, it at this point we know what he's capable of but i truly believe like certain players really get affected by social media um yeah. and i think for him i think it's 
the trolls from social media. And I think it's the fact that he's always been in a small market Mm-hmm. And stakes get higher. I feel like some people ain't necessarily built for it. Now we've seen glimpses. I think he can be built for it, but I also think that social media plays a huge role um, in him listening to the outside noise and that affecting his game as well too. Because obviously, like a play like Kyrie, he said in the KD interview um, from a couple months a couple months ago, he said that should actually take the toll on you as well too. Um, so if I'm him. Obviously, he has some paid partnerships and whatnot as well too. I'm logging off, disabling my comments, posting when I need to, and I'm getting off of all phones of social media. Like, you don't need that extra negativity in your brain as well, too. But you kind of have to learn how to navigate with that as well, too, right? Because I'm sure there's other people who are constantly on there, like the younger generation, like a Jamal Murray or like a Jokic or whoever. And Hell yeah. that should phase them as well, too. So at the end of the day, that's no excuse. But um, at the end of the day, we, we all want Paul George to succeed because, like we said, we want to be great. Always, well, we, we want him to be great. Um, so this is the year because I feel like if he doesn't perform in the playoffs this year, you may ask mm-hmm. yourself because he also was like, yo, I, I want to, I can see myself being a Clipper for life. You know, I'm comfortable be playing with Kawhi. I'm comfortable being in the LA market. If you don't play well, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, opt out of contract and try to restructure some stuff. The Clippers is going to be like, nah, bro, let's try to get like a player like Giannis or whatever. Nah, play let's get Giannis out here. There's a lot of pressure on this year as well, too. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that as well. Um, moving on to my next topic. Uh, stay off the weed. The weed. Stay um, off the so weed. The NBA, <laughs> the NBA won't conduct random marijuana tests in the 2020-21 season as well, too. Um, and they came out with a quote saying, due to the unusual circumstances in conjunction with the pandemic, we have agreed with the NBA Players Association to suspend random testing for marijuana for the 2021 season and focus our random testing program on performance enhancing products and drugs of abuse. Um, NBA spokesperson Mike Bass said in a statement, um, you know, that came out a couple of days ago as well, too. So, yes, major W for NBA Players Association and the NBA itself uh, being more progressive as well, too, because Honestly, there's the good and bad with things as well, too. But I feel like with marijuana, there's something that's more so of a pros. You know what I'm saying? It's a natural herb. Um, You know, it helps with anxiety, chronic pain, nausea, anti-cancer effects, which is limited with research. Um, And it helps treat depression amongst other pros as well, too. So um, as long as you can consume that in moderation and it doesn't affect your game, um, affect your personal day-to-day situations with your family, job, all that good stuff as well, too. I'm all for it. I mean, if, yeah. I feel like this is going to be a trial to see how it goes. Um, and if it's good this season, I think they're going to say to hell with it and just not ever have that again as well, too. But what are your thoughts on this major W? Uh, it's big time. Um, and it also kind of just goes back to, like, you know, what's important. Like, we are literally in the pandemic repeating that people are dying because they're sick. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, marijuana is never uh, posed as something that people are not going to be able to do their job. People are not going to be able to come to the games, be effective. Then the third, um, and it was kind of a nuisance after it went on, you know, looking at it, looking at it, looking at it. Uh, and we have seen as, you know, people are retiring as the league gets a little bit older, um, players that have said, yo, I smoked when I was in the league or it's not a third or shout out all the smoke where they were like, they're honest about their, how, you know, their, their use of marijuana. Um, and at, at this point in junction of time, it's like, yo, this stuff is not important. This stuff is not important, you know, uh, and let's, let's shift it because we have leagues and we have, this is, these are high caliber athletes that are using their body in high caliber ways that are, are breaking down. It was like, yo, maybe you do need hemp oil and this kind of third. You can use it for healing purposes as well. So this is the first step in uh, hopefully a, a long process of let's see how we can help heal our players and help heal people with anxiety and stuff like that. And, you know, medicinal weed and, and weed, recreational weed is just one. It's just one of the things, but we also have to say, all right, use these prayers to produce a product, but we also have to pour back into the players and see how their body feels and see how they are after retiring from the league, how their anxiety is, how their mental health is. Um, so hopefully this is a whole, a one step in a holistic health uh, approach that the league can, can follow for their current, retired, and 
uh, players that are entering and becoming uh, of the brotherhood of the NBA. So I think it's it's good. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, you nailed all points, so I agree with you on that one. Um, the other topic is the NBA outlined the COVID-19 safety protocol, which is 134 34 pages. It's kind of like a syllabus, right? No one really reads the syllabus until <laughs> – with the due date is with everything as well too so i don't really yeah. expect that many players to basically look at that as well too um but to highlight a couple of things as well too like i said it's 134 pages um and it's very very similar to what was uh created in the bubble as well too um and basically is the league attempting to combat the coronavirus uh without the benefit the virus. of inside the bubble as well too and obviously they were sealed away from the outside world so um you know no one was able to catch you know COVID as well too but it's going to be a little interesting it seems like they're kind of going after the model of MLB going after the model of NFL as well too and obviously the NBA uh was the first successful sports startup to not have any um positive cases whatsoever in the bubble when they when they began rapid testing on a daily basis so we'll see how that goes as well too um some key facts right here um, and this was a story from ESPN from Tim Bottemps. Interesting last name. Um, he said, under the time-based resolution, the infected person who the infected person would have to either have gone at least 10 days since the date of their first positive, positive test or the onset of any symptoms. If they've had any, gone at least 24 hours since their fever went away without using any medication or other symptoms has improved. Uh, so basically, from what I gathered from that was if you get tested for coronavirus, you're going to miss 10 days, which... Well, kind of, if you're playing every other day, that's at least three to five games that you're going to miss. And then I think they said that it can also, you know, if you violate the the protocols and whatnot, that can have an effect on your pay, also have an effect on um, draft picks as well, too, moving forward as well. Uh, So, like I said, it's pretty extensive with what everything's being documented for as well. Um, and, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a trust factor. I mean, obviously, this is still something that, you know, we're battling. This is an invisible villain that we're kind of fighting against right now as well, too. So you can catch it in any form or shape as possible as well, too. So I think they should abide by these rules as well. But you got to keep in mind that, obviously, they're going to different markets and whatnot as well, too. There's still kids who don't have the luxury to get school from home remotely as well. You still have people in your family that are part of the front lines um, and are constantly going in and out and, and getting in contact with people as well, too. So who's to say that you don't catch it from your wife and then you kind of yeah. come on a domino effect as well, too. So I tr- if there's any other um, league, I trust the NBA the most. But yeah. being realistic, out of 72 games, constant travel you're there's there's going to be there's going to be people that catch the coronavirus as well too now obviously the the vaccine is going to come out pretty soon so maybe the players have an inside scoop as well because they invested a lot of money into the rapid testing as well too so maybe there's something on the table where they kind of get the vaccine prematurely if they willing to take it um will that be something that's mandated where it's going to be a requirement or voluntary uh we don't know but how do you feel about the safety guy more so importantly um, do you believe NBA players will stay disciplined as well, too? Because we saw some stuff that happened in the bubble with, you know, Daniel House and all that other good stuff, and mm-hmm. Lemon Pepper Lou and all that. But do you think that players, seeing that the, the model was good in the bubble, do you think that will um, go into or bleed into the season where there's no bubble anymore? I think uh, I think the police stay pretty disciplined. I mean, at the end of the day, it's their job, it's their livelihood. Um, I think the NBA is very much uh, running parallel with outside factors, whether it be vaccine, uh, new administration, and uh, things like that. Like we saw um, the guy that was head over the first bubble is going to be on the task force for COVID as from a national level now. Um, so there are people in different places uh, that are really going to help this, hopefully this augmented or not say augmented but this this kind of hybrid nba season work um and we'll, we'll see how that goes but I, I believe that the nba has accounted for other factors involved i believe that the discipline there is gonna it's gonna be you know hit or miss like any other thing it's like everyday life it's like can you stay disciplined can you do this can you accord to this there's gonna be some people that are gonna be all for it it's gonna be some people that are gonna slip up um but i think from a overall standpoint that you might have a 
80-20 split, uh, 75-25 split, and that 25 might be players that don't got nothing to do with nothing other than, you know, some bench energy or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So I think the NBA is trying to put the best stuff in place for everybody to get played, uh, everybody get paid. I think a lot of this probably just stems from uh, what they had to agree about in the uh, the NBA Players Association meeting with a little going back and forth with as far as getting it started. So when they did decide on certain stuff, they had to also put this document in place to hopefully help everybody get played, continue things going, and accommodate for players and possibly the fans that are going to add to this uh to the monetary game, which this should be this season if everything goes well, you know, with a big free agency, with the draft that just happened, um, and you know, you're starting, you're starting on December 22nd, and you're gonna have Christmas Day games as well as we're gonna talk about. Um, this is this is a money making opportunity for everybody, and the. 134 pages is really just a testament of saying, hey, let's make this money and hopefully keep it going until we can get either testing that uh, we can move freely or get vaccines that are going to be safe and efficient so everybody can get them. So, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, I'm I'm kind of and this is kind of basically why I wore all this as well, too. It kind of sucks because with the Raptors, I didn't even know that there's still some travel restrictions between Canada and the United States as well. So the Toronto mm-hmm. Raptors, all their home games are going to be Tampa. in Tampa Bay, which Oof. is insane. So now I'm wondering, yeah. like, they're essentially kind of in the bubble as well, too, because these other players have not home. to go home and whatnot. So are these players essentially going to have, like, a basis and where they can stay, where they can have their family at, or are they just going to be journeymen and have to kind of wait to get back whenever they can as well, at least for the first half of the season. But I kind of feel bad for them as well. So it's gonna be tough. we'll see that. We'll see how that happens. Um, obviously, they have the experience being in the bubble, so they know how it is. And obviously, they're going to be together and going to still be able to travel to different cities and play. So I think that will give them some form of normalcy as well, too. But I kind of think about, you know, home court advantage, this, this, and that, like how much is that going to affect them moving forward? But if there's any team to stick together through tough times, it's definitely the Toronto Raptors as well, too. Um, Now, the NBA, uh, you know, came out with a list of nationally televised games and whatnot as well, too. Now, I don't know if this is just for the first half of the season or is this for the entire season? But obviously, Mm -hmm. looking at the chart that I have pulled up right here, the Lakers lead the way with 16 nationally televised games. And then you have, what, a one, two, three, four-way tie between the Warriors, Pelicans, Mavericks, and Celtics with 14 games. Nets have 13. Bucks have 12. Clippers have 11. Heat the Heat got, got slighted. That's, I already know at this point. Yeah, he got 10. Um, 76 and the Suns got 9. Rockets got 7, which was shocking. And then the Nuggets have 6. Blazers have 5. Uh, Jazz have four with the Raptors having four. Um, Grizzlies with three. Pelicans, I mean, Pacers with two. And then the miscellaneous East Coast and West Coast teams have <laughs> one. Uh, Wizards, Thunder, Spurs, Pistons, Magic, Kings, Cavs don't have any. Um, <laughs> well, two. That's crazy. But uh, what are your thoughts on the, you know, the the fluctuations of the of the nationally televised games? And are you surprised? And obviously, you, you kind of already was about to get into that question. What teams got slighted? But give me your thoughts on all that. Denver and Heat got slighted, definitely. Um, but again, it's marketing. It's like, you know, how can we make the most money off of one's name or one sentence, you know? So, boom, uh, LeBron James is playing uh, Kawhi Leonard. Boom. That's the National Solar game. LeBron James is playing KD. Boom. That's two, you know? So, just like that, you got 13 national televised game, and then you have to fill in your spots from there. Um, so I'm not surprised by it, uh, but the Heat should definitely be in there somewhere. Um, but they're also a blue-collar team. We like flashy stuff. Um, I wouldn't call the Nuggets a necessarily blue-collar team, but that's a team that should be, you know, getting televised. Unfortunately, this is not uh, the NCAA, so you're not going to see, like, a random team on a random night that might have a really good player on it. You're going to see the people that are going to make the most money um, so people can get paid the most from, you know, the organization that's paying you. So uh, it sucks to suck, but, you know, the playoffs are <laughs> – the playoffs are, are, are the time when you go get paid and hopefully – and it's just weird because you can play really well or well, but you might still not get uh, put on the national TV docket. So that, that's that's my take on that one. <laughs> 
No, no, I agree with you as well, too. Yeah, the Nuggets definitely got slide six. Like, this is probably the most exciting team in the bubble as well, too. And I think mm-hmm. um, with MPJ, Jokic, and Murray, I feel like they have enough built-up buzz for people to at least tune in because, honestly, with me, I want to see who who who's from a point guard matchup with, with just being a guard-driven league now – who is Murray going to be matched up against? And he's going to go for 40. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I think that's a pretty good narrative as well. Like you said, the Heat, they are a blue-collar team, um, kind of like the San Antonio Spurs, so it kind of makes sense as well, too. And I think that's just going to do nothing but add more uh, fuel to their fire as well, too. And they're going to go. They're going to be one of those teams where no one really has them as a top-tier favorite to get back to the finals, but I wouldn't be surprised, you know, with the confidence that they have, the chemistry that they have, um, you know, just listening to all their players during media time. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up being the top seed. Um, Heck yeah. Too, because the kind of just did the same. Obviously, you have to um, re-immerse Kyrie and KD with that new coaching staff as well, too. And then you also have to get Drew Hodge into the mix as well, too. Raptors lost Serge Baca and Marcus Gasol as well, too. Tristan Thompson's coming into this flow of things as well, too. So there's a lot of moving pieces. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they end up being a top-tier team as well. But, yes, I mean, looking at, historically speaking, Lakers, Celtics, Warriors, very, very popular. Luka obviously has that international um, glow, glow pull from him as well, too. So I can see a lot of international players I and mean, a lot of international fans want to see that as well, too. And then Zion, I mean, once in a lifetime type of player, you know what I'm saying? We want to see him. He makes a lot of money. And we know when he's healthy and playing on the court, his team is always going to be put in position to win games. So um, and we've never seen someone like him. So um, it's crazy, but uh, it, it's, 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 it's interesting as well. With the Rockets, I don't know if I'm shocked that it should be more or less than seven games because, like we said, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with James Harden as well, too. So that's going to be interesting to see as well, too. But I was more shocked about Portland only having five games as opposed to Miami Heat and whatnot because Dame, what he did in the bubble is – that was probably one of the greatest stretches that I've seen as well, too. And obviously that's always going to be remembered with us because we will be the generation that – has went through this pandemic, but the Dame story is crazy. And they, I think they slided them not even to be considered in the playoffs or something like that as well, too. I, I'm a, I may be a little misinformed, but. Well, I feel like, I feel like they, they look at Dame as like a BOGO, you know, you can get him on those few games in the regular season, but you're also going to get vintage Dame starting off the playoffs. That is going to make you just as much money. It's going to be the, the best bang for your buck. So yes, Dame is a sick player. But he doesn't. He doesn't also pull like the same kind of Kobe Bryant uh, attention in a way. Um, you, so those six games are gonna, you know, get a little bit of money. But you know, you're gonna have must see TV when it comes to Dame in the playoffs. And why would I show them more when I can get more money showing other people? I mean, that's what that's probably that's probably the mindset. Mm, that's a, that's yeah. That's a good way to look at it as well too. I didn't I didn't think about it in that aspect. But yeah. Um, so kind of moving forward as well, too. So we're not obviously going to break these Christmas games now. I feel like we should save an episode just for that. But okay. for Christmas games, um, some highlighted games are Pelicans versus um, Heat to start off the show at 12 o'clock Eastern time. Then we got Warriors versus Bucks, Brooklyn Nets versus Celtics, Mavericks versus Lakers, Clippers versus Nuggets. Now, just looking at all this, I was just kind of like, what the hell? Like, yeah. It's just a weird mesh of games all together. Um, looking at it now, um, I'm probably most excited about the Clippers Nuggets game because, like I said, PG, are you going to rise above the occasion? Everybody watching you, you're going to go for 35 40. Jamal Murray, what you going to do as well? But um, I, honestly, for Christmas Day itself, I wanted to see the Lakers kind of go up against um, the Nets. Okay. I wanted to see that. Um, I get it with Zion Williamson, or it would have even been nice to see Miami going up against the Lakers for a rematch as well, too. But there's just a couple of teams that could have been shuffled around. Um, but I think the league still did a good job at giving the fans what they wanted um, from an aspect as well, too. Any thoughts on uh, the Christmas game schedule? Uh, just a red thought. I don't think the Lakers are going to care one thing about what the Brooklyn Nets do. Uh, but that's that's a different conversation for a different day because, you know, that, that route's not through them. Um, but, um, yeah, a little bit off-kelter. 
um, you will just see some interesting stuff. I think it'll just, it'll be, I think this is one of those things where it's kind of like, it's kind of just preseason in a way, you know, Christmas day game is low, low key kind of reduced to a preseason game. So we'll see some good stuff up and down, but we not, we might not see, or we might, you know, see some chilling in the first half. We might see a little bit better of stuff coming out. It's not probably going to look pretty. Um, I'm not expecting too much. I think the matchups, uh, again, like we said, for economic reasons, they're going to sell. But um, like you said, the Clippers versus the Nuggets probably going to be our biggest game that we have. Uh, I don't think you're going to be able to take anything from that unless it's just a get a game from the start. But I think it'll be a, it's a good little benchmark for we'll see where teams are. We'll see maybe the real teams in early February. And then we'll see, you know, the consistent guys and in late March. Um, yeah, so obviously the first half of the season, um, they came out with the with the schedule for everything as well, too. Um, but as far as storylines go, what games are you kind of circling on your calendar that you want to see? Um, if, I guess if you had to pick three games, what do you want to see? Uh, I definitely want to see uh, Lakers versus uh, Nets. And this might not be on the uh, the thing because I don't have it pulled up. Sorry, but um, Lakers versus Nets. Uh, that's gonna be gonna be big for us. It's not gonna be anything tough like the player that plays chess like LeBron James. He doesn't care about that. He's not gonna care unless they see them in the finals. Um, and that's even a toss up to whereas if they will get to the finals, Lakers versus Nets. Um, I want to see. Uh, Lakers versus Nets. Uh, yeah, so that's a tough one because, I mean, honestly, a lot of it goes back to the Lakers. The Lakers. You know, I do want to see – I want to see the, the Jazz versus the Nuggets, and, you know, because Donovan Mitchell fought so hard, and, you know, we'll see what happens. And then after that, I'd like to see uh, – I guess I'll go back again and see Portland versus the Lakers, you know. It, but even still, it lends itself to me saying the Lakers three times. And you say they had 13 televised. Again, goes right back. It's a callback. So uh, that's the, some of the stuff I just want to see. I want to see how they match up. And, you know, Lakers are a team that, you know, they could get a number one spot. We'll see. But I can also see them getting like two or three just because you're going to get every team's best matchup. You know, it's, it's like the stage is set. You know, they make money. They bring the heads to the gym. But the stage is set for them to get every team's best punch. So, We'll see how that, how that goes for them throughout the season. But I, don't, I also don't think that they, their younger stars are getting any worse, you know, nor do I think LeBron is going to slow down from a mastermind standpoint. So, mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. And I'll, I'll give you my three games I'm, I'm looking forward to. But mm-hmm. when you were just talking about young talent with the Lakers, I literally thought of Giannis' younger brother. Like, breast 6'10", <laughs> like 220. When is he going to get unleashed? And, like, does he even work out with, like, his older brother Giannis, like yeah. obviously, like we he's don't a forward though, be an MVP type of player, yeah. But you know, I think he should at least at some point in time be a rotation piece, like a Seth Curry. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But that was just a random thought as well, too. As far as games for me, you kind of hit it on the nail as well. I want to see Lakers versus Nets. Obviously, KD has come off an Achilles injury. Kyrie kind of came off a shoulder surgery, and. Um, as far as depth goes, I feel like those are the top two teams that have the most depth outside of their dynamic duo. So mm-hmm. um, right now we're kind of – LeBron has the throne. Who's going to dethrone him? One person you come to mind is KD because if he's on his game, um, I think the records speak for itself. They're kind of neck yeah. and neck now as far as wins and, and losses as well too. Um, so that would be something exciting as well too. I think that's just the ultimate storyline. Um, I also want to see Miami Lakers rematch as well, too. Um, yeah. You know, Bam just got that contract. Tyler Hero's gotten better. I'm sure Duncan Robinson's gotten better. Jimmy is more comfortable in his role as well, too. So I definitely would love to see that matchup as well. And then I kind of want to throw one out there. Um, I kind of want to see with Giannis being a two-time, you know, MVP, reigning defensive player of the year, I want to see him matched up against the against the Nets. Um, Interesting. You know, he, has, he has his thunder buddy right there with Drew Holiday and, and him, and you got Kyrie and Kevin Durant right there. And, you know, the East is kind of, since LeBron's left, it's always been up for grabs. So those mm-hmm. are the top-tier players right there, aside from Jason Tatum and Jimmy Butler. Those are the players that I'm looking at on who's going to carry this 
um, who's going to represent the East when it when it's all said and done. So I'm excited for those right there. Um, I also want to see that's, that was my take. I also want to see uh, the Bucks eat again. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're gonna they're gonna definitely play a zone on them early. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's they probably won a regular season. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of good games. As far as young talent for me, I'm probably gonna watch a lot of Brandon Ingram playing, uh, Jamal Murray playing, and definitely the Phoenix Suns right now as well too. So I'm gonna try to finesse away. Uh, to try to get league pass. Obviously, you know, we got some sites that we can use and whatnot. But I like the lecture yeah. just clicking the joint, you know, going to it as well. But Devin oh, yeah. Booker, I'm excited to see Devin Booker with Chris Paul for sure. Oh, yeah. All Hell right, yeah. buddy. But that was episode it was. 97 of the season show. Do you have any closing, any last remarks you want to say? Uh, Nah, shout out to the family. Shout out Sellers. Shout out T. Shout out Austin. They held it down. Um, But other than that, man, um, Everybody stay safe. Um, holiday season, we don't really know. We still don't know that these are just tough a year later. Um, so be safe, man. Keep your keep your loved ones close. Um, other than that, if you have a goal you want to accomplish, everything is a uh, everything is gonna align for you to accomplish it. Just keep them working for it. That's for everybody on either side on anything. That's what it is. So uh, that's that's what it is for me. What about you, man? Uh, that's it, man. Just <laughs> build strong habits. Always constantly dream. Never be afraid to ask for help. Um, and just, I just stress individuality. You know, be yourself. Don't always, don't, don't, don't try to subject yourself to any other person. Don't feel pressure to do anything you don't want to do. Just be yourself. That's the only way to live. And, you know, props to the NBA season coming back. I know it was a fast turnaround, but I'm so Straight excited out. to always have some, some games on as well, too. So um, sure. hopefully we pray. We know that there's going to be an injury somewhere. There's always an injury, but hopefully as far as like the top tier players, um, everyone's relatively healthy. If someone gets injured, just a knickknack, little ankle or something like that as well, too. So hopefully they stay healthy. Hopefully there's no, you know, X amount of OD positive cases with COVID. Um, because like I said, it's not like the NFL where you can, you know, you miss one game. It's for one week. It's one game a week. NBA, you're playing every other day. So you know, with the East and West battling for positionless for for positions as well. It, I mean, good thing there is a playoff, a playing game or seeding games and all that good stuff as well too. But you miss ten games. That's if you miss ten if you miss ten 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 days, that equivalents to three to five games. Yeah, that may come back to haunt you as well too. So we'll see what happens with that. But other than that, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to episode ninety seven of the Caesar Show, and make sure to subscribe on all forms of social media. At the Caesars Show, at Trade AXXIV, at Sir Caesars, we out. Peace.